Welcome to the Flourish Heights podcast, made for women by women. I'm your host, Valerie Adjamine, women's health dietitian and the founder of Flourish Heights. To be empowered in health starts with a true connection with your body. Together, we are breaking through topics surrounding periods, women's nutrition, body awareness, self-care, and much more. Let's flourish and be the best version of ourselves. Hey, you guys, I hope you've been amazing. And on today's episode, we are chatting PCOS, which you may be really new to, or maybe you have PCOS or you know somebody with PCOS. I'll get into what exactly it is, but I feel like lately it's been brought to the spotlight quite a lot, actually. I'm not sure if it's because I'm in the world of women's health and so I see it more often. But yeah, like a lot of women struggle with it. It's been around for forever, but it's still being studied more often nowadays. And there's just a whole lot that we still don't know when it comes to the research around PCOS. And I personally know a lot of people who've had it for years. Some have been misdiagnosed um, and maybe found out like later in your, you know, their adult years. Um, I even have some clients that have experienced it. They would go to a doctor, share their symptoms and concerns, and the doctor would just be like, you know, you're better off just losing weight, just cut out some calories, work out. Maybe they'll prescribe them metformin, and that's about it, without even referring them to see like an expert um, in nutrition. So yeah, I wanna talk about nutrition and the diet side of things because, girl, I'm probably just as frustrated as you. There's so much conflicting nutrition information available on the internet. And I feel like, yeah, it's just overwhelming. I mean, I've seen crazy TikTok videos, Instagram videos, and just in the media in general, most people with PCOS aren't getting enough accurate information on, you know, from their doctors. So just on how to manage it, so they would rather just turn to the internet. So I can't even be mad, I completely understand. It's already hard enough dealing with certain symptoms, and I'll I'll share more about that in a bit. But yeah, it's really hard to deal with the symptoms, and then to be bombarded by all of this misinformation is just too much. You know, you have one Instagram account that's telling you, cut out all dairy, cut out gluten, you're making your PCOS worse, like yada yada. And then on top of that, you feel like, you know, your doctor is dismissing like your concerns or symptoms or maybe they're not taking you seriously. And then some folks are dealing with body image or mental health issues, which I think the number is like 40 percent of women with PCOS um, experience depression or and then emotional eating is like a huge problem for people um, struggling with PCOS um, or at least a lot of people eating disorders, including bulimia, binging. Um, They're very common, and it can actually impact the treatment of PCOS. It's also in the research. But all in all, it's extremely overwhelming, as you've just heard. So today, I just want to make your nutrition life a little easier by sharing a few tidbits on what to eat with PCOS. It's really general information, but I do think this is a great starting point because, as always, when it comes to diet and health, you want to see a registered dietitian. Um, You know, especially with PCOS, an endocrinologist needs to be like a part of your care team, um, an OBGYN, just to help you better manage your PCOS. And if you don't have PCOS, like I said, keep listening. 
listening. It's good to be informed. You may know somebody that has it. And if you do, please share this episode with them. So first thing is first, what is PCOS? PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is a very common hormonal condition that affects about 5 million childbearing age women in the U.S. It happens when a woman's ovaries or adrenal glands produce too much of that male hormone, which is testosterone. Um, So it's typically like higher than normal. It also involves an imbalance of other sex hormones like estrogen and progesterone. Some women, not all, with PCOS may have cysts on their ovaries, which are small sacs of fluid, which develop along the outer edge of the ovary. I wanted to just say that because I feel like When people hear PCOS, they automatically think, okay, well, everybody with PCOS has cysts on their ovary. And that's really not the case. So I just wanted to put that out there. Um, Yeah, that not every woman has that those cysts. As a result, you may experience symptoms like acne, excessive hair growth, maybe around the, you know, your jawline, your face, other areas of your body, irregular periods. Sometimes it can be really long or super short or, you know, cause heavy bleeding. These are just some some examples. Some people may experience fertility challenges or just have a very difficult time getting pregnant um, as a result of not ovulating most of the time or just ever. Some people don't ovulate at all. Um, sometimes you may even experience excessive weight gain or trouble losing weight, insulin resistance, which we'll get into, cravings, okay, lots of cravings, mental health challenges, and more. Now, women with PCOS are often at higher risk of getting type 2 diabetes, metabolic syndrome, heart disease, high blood pressure, and even anxiety and depression. Now, if you have a family history of PCOS, you're more likely to develop it. So ask your aunties, ask your mamas, ask those ladies in your family. It's good to just know and have an idea of your family history. What does the diagnosis look like for people with PCOS? Your healthcare provider, they may do a physical exam, a pelvic exam, blood tests, an ultrasound, just to determine whether or not you actually do have it. Um, So if you've been experiencing any of the symptoms that I mentioned, please talk to your healthcare provider if you haven't already, just to make sure you are in the know. All right, so I hope I did a great job of breaking it down for you. I do wanna mention that PCOS really, really, really looks different um, on everyone. Some people may experience some of the symptoms I mentioned, or some people may not at all. Um, But unfortunately, like there's no cure for PCOS as of today, but it can be managed, especially with lifestyle, good nutrition and medications in some cases Um, that may help to control the symptoms. Let's chat about nutrition. What does the research say? The research has found that what you eat has a significant effect on PCOS. So with that being said, there isn't like a special PCOS diet that will work for everyone. Please like disregard all the influencers and people you see online telling you to follow this like one particular like PCOS diet. Please. It's no. Like I have like most of my clients right now have PCOS. I've had people that have come to me after they've tried like all the things that are out there on the internet and it just didn't work. Okay. When they saw me, we were able to put together a plan that was very individualized to them and it did work, you know, and so it helped to manage some of the symptoms that they were experiencing. So all, all of that to say is there's not a PCOS diet out there that will work for everyone. No, absolutely not. The nutrients you do get from food or supplements, it can have a direct impact on your hormone production and then help to manage or improve certain symptoms that you may be experiencing at a hormonal level. So when you're thinking about foods um, or like what to eat with PCOS, it's really important to consider like 
every aspect of your diet from breakfast all the way through to dinner and even beyond. Because I know some of y'all be up eating those late night snacks, which you got to do what you got to do. So um, yeah, just to make sure that you are really getting a diverse, wholesome, nutrient-dense diet, which can make healthier eating much easier to stick to. I wanna touch on insulin resistance. If you have PCOS, you might experience insulin resistance. I'm saying might because it's not always the case with everyone. Um, insulin is a hormone. It's produced in the pancreas. What it does is it helps the cells in the body turn sugar, which is glucose, into energy. If you do not produce enough insulin, your blood sugar levels can rise like really high to levels that we don't want. Um, so it really just means that you are not able to use the insulin you produce effectively if you have insulin resistance, okay? So your body may try to produce super high levels of insulin in an effort to keep your blood sugar levels normal. And too high of insulin levels can actually cause your ovaries to produce more androgens like testosterone. So if you already have high testosterone levels, you wanna be mindful of that. Okay, so if you're eating a lot of sugary foods very regularly, it can be really hard for you to manage your blood sugars. And if you're wanting to lose weight, having insulin resistance can make it a lot harder. With that being said, you do want to focus on following a consistent routine and regular meal time. And what does that mean? Say no to ridiculous restricted diets. Do not skip meals. Okay, as much as it can be really tempting to do it, I mean, I'm talking about the people that do it like intentionally, like they're like, okay, I'm purposely skipping breakfast and lunch today only to eat dinner, then that'll be the amount of calories I need for the day. We are not perfect eaters. I skip meals sometimes when I'm just like super busy. I mean, it can be put on the back burner when you have a lot going on. But for those who are skipping meals regularly, um, it's not a great idea because what that can do is it can crash your blood sugar levels, leading to food cravings, overeating. So if you're keeping a routine, um, that will allow your blood sugar levels to be stable, even when it comes to your energy and mood. Stable blood sugars, it aids in the proper androgen production in your body. And if you have great production of androgens, that means you'll probably be experiencing less of those PCOS symptoms. So you wanna get an abundance of lean protein, carbohydrates, and fats in your eating routine. And you can refer to episode 16 for more on this because I really go into why your hormones hate restrictive diets. So please listen to that episode because it's really, really helpful. Now, let me break down each of these things as it relates to PCOS, first with fats. We need fats to make and regulate hormones because it helps to regulate your menstrual cycle. It's great for fertility. So fats like fatty fish, you'll find that in salmon, sardines. Those are really great options. I'm a big seafood girl, except for shellfish. I can't eat shellfish. But other than that, I love fish. So flax seeds are also great. Avocado, walnuts, these are pretty awesome options. So definitely make sure that your diet includes a lot of fats, okay? And it depends on the type of fats that you're getting too. So the next thing you wanna be mindful of are getting enough carbohydrates in your diet, especially complex carbs which have fiber, which are great to consider. Women who have PCOS are four times more likely to develop type two diabetes and whole grains, they have high levels of fiber, which can help to manage insulin levels. So you wanna go for high fiber foods like oats and beans and dried fruit, nuts, these are called slow-release carbohydrates. So it means that they release sugar into the blood at a much slower, more regular pace and are therefore less likely to cause those spikes in your blood sugar levels, which are often associated with type 2 diabetes. Okay, now protein. 
has wonderful benefits like keeping you fuller for a longer period of time. And with that, it helps to control your blood sugars too. So there's so many options out there for you to choose from, whether you're vegan, vegetarian or not. We have plant sources like beans and nuts and others like Greek yogurt, seafood, and chicken. In episode 22, I talk all about protein. I go into the different sources, why you need it. So definitely tune into that episode as well just for you to learn more about protein. Also, you want to focus on antioxidants. We say it quite a lot, but here is why. Because women with PCOS have been shown to have higher levels of oxidative stress. So in other words, PCOS is associated with low-grade inflammation, which can be combated by eating higher levels of antioxidants in your diet. So you want to fill up on antioxidant-rich foods like berries, spices like turmeric, green tea, sweet potatoes, carrots, and tomatoes. These all have powerful antioxidants that can also help to support fertility. A few days ago on Instagram, if you follow our Instagram account, um, I did ask for you to send in some PCOS diet questions that you had. I want to go ahead and pick a few to debunk. These are common questions that I typically get. So let's get right into it. Here's one I received. Do I need to cut out dairy from my diet if I have PCOS? This is a question that I feel like I get all the time. So if you don't have a lactose intolerance or an allergy or you don't hate dairy, it's not necessary to cut it out. There's as of now, there's no scientific data to support restricting or avoiding entire food groups or specific items to improve symptoms. If you've done it and it works for you and you feel amazing, I am not here to stop you, but I'm just here to talk about what's out there, you know, um, in the research. I do know that some studies have shown the relationship between consuming milk and acne. Reducing dairy in your diet, it may help with acne, but there's no proven link between restricting dairy and, you know, to improve your PCOS symptoms. In fact, if you're dealing with things like fertility, there's a lot of studies to show that adding dairy may be helpful to support your fertility. It might be due to the calcium, but there are also non-dairy calcium options out there too, like, like dark leafy greens and beans. But does this need to be a standard recommendation, you know, to cut out dairy just because you have PCOS? Absolutely not. Okay, the next question, should I try the keto diet for PCOS? For the love of the keto diet. So for those who don't know, the ketogenic diet or the keto diet is a high fat, low carbohydrate diet, which was originally designed to control seizures in individuals diagnosed with epilepsy. Yes, I always have to start by saying that because people still don't know that the keto diet was created for those with epilepsy. Okay, and then more so recently, pop culture, you know, the keto diet is now like this quick weight loss fix. Um, so because the keto diet is extremely strict. Um, it's not balanced like nutrition wise. I just do not recommend it for people with PCOS. If you're looking to create these sustainable habits for long-term better health, see a dietitian. They will help you get yourself together. So avoid the keto diet. I also got this question, what about intermittent fasting? So generally intermittent fasting, not my thing. I am the dietitian that says just don't waste your time. Um, but of course, do your thing. I'm not judging, do your thing. But I don't recommend it for long-term PCOS symptom relief. If you have PCOS, it's very important to be eating on a regular, consistent schedule throughout the day. Why? Because it's gonna help you balance your blood sugars, which is extremely important if you have insulin resistance. So if you are intermittent fasting, you're large, like if you're waiting all day to eat and you're eating in like some small window, if you're eating like a huge meal, that can actually cause 
excess insulin in the blood. And what that does is it increases your androgen production, um, which means more symptoms you may be experiencing. So uh, intermittent fasting, PCOS, mm, wouldn't recommend it because food is just, it's so important when it comes to the management of PCOS. So just making your eating window smaller will only cause more issues and worsen symptoms. Plus, I find that a lot of women, they'll start the intermittent fasting. They can't keep up with it. So just keep it simple from the start. If you're eating regular meals throughout the day, that will help to keep your insulin and your blood sugar stable. It'll help with your mood. It'll help with your energy to be maintained. All right, so now I wanna switch it up and talk about supplementation with PCOS. This is a big one. Um, it's so important to find high quality, safe supplements that are a good fit for your body and nutritional needs. And I wanna share five supplements I typically recommend with PCOS. Of course, it's all about food first with me and if you feel like you know you need one or you may benefit from one, talk to a dietitian and your doctor for guidance because they'll do, well, your dietitian will do a full assessment and recommend the right ones, like as far as like the dosing for you. The first supplement that I typically recommend is inositol. As I mentioned earlier, PCOS is a metabolic condition, which is often aggravated by inflammation, increased energy levels, insulin resistance. So when it comes to inositol, it really helps to support metabolism as well as key reproductive pathways, and it assists in the regulation of insulin levels. I've been like such a big fan of inositol. I've seen such improvements when it comes to energy, menstrual cycle regularity, and even helping to combat cravings in a lot of my clients. So inositol is like my all-time favorite. The second supplement I would recommend is vitamin D, honestly, for all women, because like a lot of women are deficient. Um, but when it comes to PCOS, the research does indicate that supplementation of vitamin D actually can help with menstrual regularity just after three months of supplementation, which it also has been shown to support fertility and pregnancy rates and for mood as well. Like I said, a lot of people are deficient. So um, yeah, you definitely wanna make sure you know your vitamin D level. Just have a, a baseline to see where you are because that will also help with how much you need to be taking, which your doctor can help you with that. Um, I actually just wrote an article for Good Housekeeping on vitamin D. I'll link it in the show notes for you to check it out. Number three, probiotics. Are we surprised? <laughs> gut health is everything and the gut microbiome is critical especially when it comes to nutrient metabolism. So how your body actually absorbs those nutrients. The gut has a lot to do with it. And it's also gonna help with the structural integrity of the gut. What are probiotics? They are live microorganisms that can help to restore and improve your gut health. Research has shown that probiotic supplements can actually increase the good bacteria in your gut, therefore reducing inflammation, improving your hormones as a whole. Um, I did a whole episode on probiotics. I go in depth of, you know, how you can get them from food and supplements, all that jazz, because yeah, probiotics, they're, it's a very complex topic, and I feel like there's different kinds of probiotic supplements out there. You don't want to just get any one, so you definitely want to get some guidance there. So listen to that episode. I break it down for you. The fourth supplement I typically recommend for people with PCOS is 
CoQ10 or coenzyme Q10. And it's known to have many positive effects on female fertility. CoQ10 acts like an antioxidant and research has shown that pre-supplementation with CoQ10 can improve ovarian response for women undergoing fertility treatments. And also it helps to support the quality of your eggs as well. And on top of that, it may support your insulin and testosterone levels. So definitely look into that as well. So I would suggest, you know, reading a little bit more about CoQ10 just to see like what it does and then talk to your provider about it if you're interested in adding it to your regimen. All right, now the fifth supplement that I do typically recommend for people with PCOS, yes, I saved the best for last, and that is magnesium. Okay, so magnesium, it plays a role in over 300 enzyme reactions in the human body, including glucose metabolism. If your levels are like super low, um, it may worsen insulin resistance. And as a result, it can actually affect the way hormones are working. As previously mentioned, hormonal imbalances, they are extremely common with PCOS and they can interfere with several aspects of reproduction. So lots of great things with magnesium. Um, magnesium supplements may improve insulin resistance. It can also help to reduce inflammation. It can ease PMS symptoms. It can help with sleep, like the list goes on. I am a big lover of magnesium. So. Yeah. So yes, these are the five supplements that I am all about. Inositol, vitamin D, probiotics, CoQ10, and magnesium. I know it's a lot of information, but ladies, this is very crucial if you have PCOS. The moral of the story here is to eat regularly, to keep your blood sugar and energy levels stable, eat nutrient-dense foods and include fats, protein, carbohydrates. You wanna be sure to prioritize your mental health and build a better relationship with food, meaning say goodbye to the restriction, take necessary supplements, and see a dietitian like me for a personalized PCOS nutrition care plan. What can a dietitian do for you? We will assess your nutritional and health status. We will address the root cause, which can be done with specialty functional tests, and we'll provide you with a nutrition and lifestyle care plan to help you better manage your PCOS. It can't get any better than that. Okay, that's it for now. If you enjoyed today's episode on the PCOS diet, please write a short review and leave some stars. I would really appreciate it. Also, please share this episode with a girlfriend that needs this information. Y'all are amazing. All right, I'll talk to you soon. But until then, keep flourishing.